Hello, everybody. Ciao, guys. The 24th episode of the Milan Guys podcast. Another podcast in, in good spirits, I'd say. I'm here with a couple of TMG guys. How's it going, guys? It's going great. On. Great to be uh, here. I mean, honestly, is it? It's That's not, in, in good not, spirits, I'd say. Oh, my God. I hate that. Every single time I start this uh, the broadcast, you can hear my voice at the, the first time because I'm the links open. Um, okay. So let's get right into it, guys. Let's not waste time. Yesterday was a historic, like you'll never, you will never see that again. Four, I don't think you'll ever see four goals scored in 18 minutes like that again in a match. That was crazy. Like I, I woke up today and it still didn't even make sense to me. Like I, I think I rewatched the highlights like 10 times. Like it's crazy. It's it's nuts. Like so, that game itself. When we went down two nothing, so Rabiot scored a, a wonder goal. I, I'm not even sure he's, if he even scored that when he was a kid. I, I was like, a, I'll never do that again. Um, which is kind of embarrassing. Like I kind of hated that he was able to walk around. But you know what? If I if I'm gonna get scored on, I'd rather it be a nice goal like that. You know, like deserve the goal. Okay, a nice shot. The the second goal was just flat out embarrassing. Ronaldo's goal that like uh, I think was I think Kier. Shouldn't have jumped. I think they, they both jumped for the same ball, and Kier pushed Romagnoli a little bit because they, they didn't talk, and that was embarrassing. Ronaldo, Ronaldo, he, Ronaldo actually mishit that ball. I'm not sure how Don Roma didn't save that. Um, they got a hand to it, but yeah. But after that, you know, we got the penalty. Um, it went off Rebic's chest and hit Perucci's arm. Screw you, Leo. <clears throat> and and yeah, so basically. We got the penalty. Ibra scores, laughs in Ronaldo's face. Kind of funny. Um, and then we literally, like on the turn, Kessie, we come down, Leao to Hakan to Ibra to Kessie. That goal was beautiful. I've never seen Milan play no. like that little tick type beautiful. of thing in the, in the final third. I, that's one no. of the most beautiful goals we've scored in a while. That was beautiful. And Kessie sent Bonucci back to, uh, to Bari, I think. Yeah, like what was Bonucci doing? Like his oh, back God. on the other side of Kessie. Like he was not yeah. even trying to get the ball. I know we have on on Twitter, uh, Hamdan. He tweeted us saying, "Please talk about Bonucci." So if you're listening, Hamdan, um, Bonucci, he got sent back to who knows where. <laughs> he's still trying to. He's still trying to change the equilibrium. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a, a picture of him. Like Kessie's literally about to shoot. And Bonucci's still like looking like not even at him. Like he doesn't even know where he is. So you gotta love that. You gotta love how Bonucci could see the penalty too. That you just got you gotta love it. You love to see it. You absolutely love to see it. And then the uh, fact Bonucci was complaining over oh, yeah. penalty. Of course he was. Obviously, like that guy's gonna complain because he's a snake, but honestly, like it hit his hand, so he has nothing to say. No, but. it was a penalty. The problem is is that we usually don't get we don't get calls like that. We don't. Remember that like, ball with Alexandro? Like, yeah, yeah. That, that, that? Sorry, don't get me started. But um, so like without VAR, we don't get that call. Rebic actually got the yellow card. So yeah. you know we got the penalty. Ibra scores. A good, good penalty too. Um, and the fact is, what what was happening during that penalty? Ronaldo goes to um, my mind's going blank right now. Uh, what the hell. Remind me, because my, my mind's blank right now. The goalie for uh, Chesney, sorry. So, yeah, he was going to Chesney. You know where he's going. You know him well. And uh, Ronaldo just, like, brushed that off, took the penalty, sent him the other way, and uh, he smiled at Ronaldo. So, yeah, he did. and uh, that, I think that was the biggest turning point. Yeah. So, I really got a comment from Shuff Lee. I'll show it here on the thing. So you guys see it? You guys see the comment on the screen here? Yeah. Uh, so it said that Lazio should not lost Lecce. It's true, man. Honestly, we we we've played a really big factor in the title race in five days. If La- I don't understand how Lazio choked, guys. I watched the match. I don't know how the hell they choked against Lecce. If they would have won, it would have been four points. It would have wait four points. Yeah, it would have been four points again. It would have been wide open. But now it's it's difficult. I mean, Juve could drop points to Atalanta on the weekend. Being honest, so. Um, yeah, and, and Coach Hamdan, he's obviously listening. And look at this comment, ready, boys? <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> great facts. 100% true. 
No, it's it's true, man. I, I can't stand Bonucci. Honestly, that guy's messed up in the head or something. I don't I don't know what's wrong with that you guy. You know, me and my friends were talking about yesterday. You notice that anytime everyone joins Juve, their nose like it, it suddenly gets bigger, like a la, Pino- a la Pinocchio. No, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah of course, because they're cheaters. What do you want me to do? But honestly, I haven't really. I don't really have any complaints about how the how the match was officiated last night. Going to be honest, um, and it just kind of shows you if with fair officiating, you know, we we beat them. Um, because even like you look at the the match, the you know the Coppa Italia, whatever, and all the referee decisions that changed the match, like you know we uh, we played we played well enough to like the first half was kind of dull. Like the first twenty minutes, we were we were good. Everyone was kind of feeling each other out. Yeah, like we were we were we were okay for the we were, we were okay for the first twenty minutes. And the last 15, 20 minutes, you were a bit better. Um. The second half, obviously, those two goals kind of just came out of nowhere, um, and uh, and whatever. And then we you know we just kind of we didn't really give up. Like, you know, we've seen a lot of times, and and honestly, like I, I've watched this team for a long, long time, and you guys have too. When we go down one or two, it's like okay, like game over, we're done, we're gonna fold like a cheap lawn chair, right? So uh, it's nice to see that we showed a lot of resilience. And again, you will not see that you will not see a comeback like that in a long time in the sport. I, I, four goals in 18 minutes, you just it's, it's unheard of, right? What was more impressive for me was, all right, Liao scored a, a great goal, and I was oh, happy the ref played on because if he said that was a foul, we would not get that third goal. So yeah. played on, we got that beautiful goal. And then the fact is we were already up 3-2. We did not stop. Going. Until we, we tried to get a fourth, which we did, which I think that was a major – like uh you know turning point because i think that was like a you know a stab in the back to juve right there yeah getting that fourth that was you know but uh it's a good point you bring up because i even tweeted about it recently on on tmg account and it's just more like our issue has always been like when we get a lead we kind of just like oh okay like it's enough like we're fine when it's not it never is and like in the last couple of games you've seen us like not taking our foot off the gas. Like it's constantly just pushing it down their throats, which which is what we've been screaming for for years because we even a two-goal lead is not safe for that. Sometimes even three cannot be safe. So the fact that matters, the fact that they're understanding, you know, we just beat the friggin' first and second place teams in, in the league right now and in yep. a very convincing fashion as well. Not only to stomp Lazio 3 nothing at home, in the, sorry, away, and uh, Juve being down to nothing it's these these are the type of things where you start seeing maybe there's a turning point or things are building blocks you could say that hey you know when you have a lead there's no you don't need to be fearful like yeah you're up one nothing cool let's make it two let's make it three and and kill off your opponent and i think that's also thanks a lot them as well it's it's mindset it's a mentality thing and the killer instinct well to be fair um if you look at like milan's issues I think that I've always kind of said like, you know, we have too many average players, right? Like we have yeah. a couple of high quality players. But it, this is, like, is the problem too. Yeah. Like the average with more high quality players. Like yeah. I said, we, and that, so like we could play a great match and you've seen it. How many times we played a great match and we didn't get the result we wanted. Like we played great. We dominated. We got scoring it. We couldn't score. Um, to, against Juve, like we played great. But the problem is, if we can play like that all the time, we would be probably fighting for the scudetto. Oh, yeah, but it doesn't have. The problem is, is a slip. It's not the. I always say it's not the matches you lose against Lazio. It's the matches you lose, you drop points against Spal that that takes money. Exactly. You need to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and then yeah. you could focus on the big. You can. That's the. That's literally Milan in the last five six years. Yeah. They'll, they'll always play great against like Juve because you know yeah. they're like you know a big team, but then they'll play. A lower end team and they'll fluff points and we're in a position where we have if we want to get back to the top we have to make sure we dominate and secure the points to get those little teams yeah, exactly. and then and then we can play and we can play our cards against the big teams but we can't have this great display against lazio and and juve and then barely scrape out a tie against spa like it, it, yeah it, it, it can't like obviously you know if you tell me yeah you're gonna tie the spa but it'll be lazio and juve of course i'm gonna take it you know but at the same time, the fact of the matter is you should be securing all three points against Spal and then try for Lazio and Juve as well. And that's kind of why at the end of the year, when we look at the table and we're like, damn, we're like seven points off a Champions League spot, you could think of so many dropped points. 
like two or three ties that were easily winnable, those are your seven points right there. Yeah, but that's like you said, Mike. Spal is like a great example. We should have won that game. I honestly think those two points are going to hurt us in the end. I oh, hope yeah. I'm wrong, but those are the games that we have to win. With going back to the Spal game a bit, uh, those two goals came out of nowhere. That those surprised us. I think Gabia screwed up a lot that game. Yeah, here in that game, I think we could have even won that game. But in the circumstances, I think we came back like we were just dominant, 40 shots on net the entire game, which was phenomenal. But at the same time, you got to score goals. If you're scoring, you're shooting 40 times, you got to score at least more than two goals. So I I hate hate comparing it to FIFA because it's obviously real life football ain't close to FIFA. But like it felt like a FIFA game. Like yeah. you absolutely dominate, and then like you end up yeah. not getting the result. Like it, it literally felt like I was watching uh, like a bloody video game. But it, yeah. it, and those are the games that hurt, right? Because you dominate and you're supposed to win, and you give up two stupid goals like that. And we barely, we barely, we scored our own goals because Leao's, if I'm not mistaken, was a complete deflection, and then Salamakers whips in a random cross and he gets his own goal. So. If anything, we almost had no business tying that game, but still enough, we played well enough to put ourselves in that position. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, we were lucky that game. I think we just got to move on from Spell. And I think they had the right mentality because, all right, you tie 2-2, you go and face Lazio, uh, Lazio next, and they come out phenomenal. Uh, Chanologo got that deflection goal, and I was listening. I'll take it, no problem. It was a nice goal. But then just the way we played against Lazio, I was amazed. Defensively, we were solid. And I really think if Immobile and Caicedo, maybe the game could have been different. But listen, it's soccer, so those guys weren't there because they got suspended. And I'll take it. But uh, yeah, in control throughout the entire game. Even the, the zone commentators where I listen to, it, I don't really, you know, I don't really agree with half the time the viewpoints that, you know, pundits and commentators make live. But this, he had a really good point saying that, of course, you know, Immobile and Caicedo being out definitely hurts Lazio. But at the same time, like their midfield was there and so was their defense. Then no one was suspended. They were at complete strength. So, yeah, you know what? Okay, Immobile wasn't there to help you score the goal, same with Caicedo, but they had no excuse defensively and in the midfield. And that just goes to show how well the game Milan played because they absolutely embarrassed them. Like, the Lazio did not look like a second-place team that's been doing well all year. Oh, no. And that's credit That's credit to us because we literally broke them down. They literally looked like a mid-table team throughout that entire game. Like, we were just – it was easy for us. Like, we just did what we wanted to. Mike, you can probably agree, too. Uh, when we faced Lazio – you see how Kessie just shows up. He takes Savage, and he just, like, makes him disappear. He it every time. Uh, Milinkovic Savage struggles a lot with uh, with Kessie. Lucas Leva as well. Pocket. I think he touched the ball four times that entire no, game. No, but I think Kessie's been our best player since the break, I'm going to be honest, since the restart. Yeah, Kessie, I mean, they're in the middle of that duo, I have to say. Oh, no, I love to move I'm, the I'm actually in love with that double pivot. Yeah. I'm actually in love with it, like. It's it's fantastic. I've um, always been hesitant about Kessie. Okay, I'll be completely honest. I have no problem with him. And I think a lot of fans can agree with that as well. You know, I hate when he has his rash decisions like in the last third. He's not good at my goal. And he's not yeah, good at my goal. He'll just take a shot even though he can't shoot or he'll make some dumb pass backwards and we go and then we can see the counterattack. But I have to say, since the restart and stuff, he's been very impressive. I hope he keeps this run of form for a while and he's, you know, slowly getting into the team and maturing and getting chemistry with Ben Esser. And hopefully this is a positive to come. Definitely he's earning his stripes. Like, I wouldn't say he's fully there. But, you know, of course, I'm not going to hate on the guy. You know, he's doing really well. So hopefully he keeps it up. So then, all right, you think it's going to continue that pivot with Ben Esser or it's going to change in the future? Do you mean in terms of who we purchase, or do you think his form? Uh, just for the rest of the season, it's going to stay like that. That's what I'm thinking. I think, I think, I think because he's getting comfortable, I think he's going to do well. Obviously, I'm I'm not going to be surprised if he messes up here and there, or you know, he slips up here and there. I mean, it's only yeah. normal. Like he's been super about Kessie. Like he's oh. been super inconsistent, right? But he's still yeah, slowly but- starting to gain a bit of consistency. But hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Yeah, the issue is. An engine like he just he he's so um like even like okay I don't I don't trust him in front of goal obviously I'm not I don't like when he's near the box because usually usually messes up but aside from that like you know he's he's pretty good defensively like he can run with anybody and 
he like he doesn't he doesn't he usually doesn't get beat because he's quick enough. You know what I mean? He's so strong. Yeah. Like he actually looks like what he was at Atalanta for a bit. Um, like him in a double pivot is is very good. Like we've 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 mostly seen him in as a mezzala in the four three three, right? That's what it we doesn't play. work. It doesn't work. So he's been very good at Benasad and Benasad, man. Like I tweeted, I said it a couple of days or like a couple like last week. I said he's on his way, like to being like a world class talent. Like he, the way the way he controlled, like the one there's a video of him. How he took the like there's two guys. The ball is in the air and. He, took it down like so gracefully and he just calm cool collective like he was he looked way better than like Pjanic for example and Pjanic apparently is worth 80 million at 30 years old so when I look at Benesser and Cassie and I'm just going to preface I in no means the two players are going to compare it to in no means do I mean they're any close to their level I'm just going to put that out there before I get into it but (laughs) the flashes that I get of like Cassie being the Again, he's not on the same level, but of the Gattuso type, who's the enforcer, yeah. he'll do the dirty work, he'll be physical on the ball, you know, he'll make the smart pass here and there, and he'll do that type of work. Whereas Benesser is more like a la Pirlo type, again, nowhere near his talent, but, well, the ball goes through him in the midfield, he's the one controlling. You know, you remember, yeah. obviously, both of you guys watching Milan back in the day. Yeah. The center backs would pass oh, exactly. Pirlo, the ball, Pirlo would circle around and just wait and wait and probably, and he was and so good at it. Yeah, try to yeah and Benesser kind of has that type of thing where he has the ball, he's in control, he starts everything. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of the, and if that's been really working, the four-two-three-one formation has been really yeah. working as well because it's very adaptive towards our type of team because you know, we have Paketan Chalanolu who could play the cam position, but you can also throw Hakan on the left, but we also have Rebic who could play on the left and then go play striker if he's yeah. not there. And then you have Leao who could play on the left, and but you could play him as striker. And then on the right side, you have Castillo and uh, Salamakers there as well. So it's, it's been very versatile for our team. It, it, yeah, exactly. It, credit to Pioli as well. No, for sure. See, that's what I want. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, the whole Pioli situation because there's a lot of crap going around. Um, yeah, honestly, so, you know, we, we've, ever since the recess, so after Lecce, it's been Roma, Spal, uh, Juve, Lazio, or Lazio, Juve, with Napoli next Sunday, or on Sunday. Yeah. Sunday. Um, essentially, you know, last podcast, we said, okay, we made it, we made, I don't know if you remember, we made predictions. Um, yeah, so- I remember them, yeah. I believe uh, you're talking about the prediction for the Spal game or just uh, how many points we're going to get. I remember dropping a prediction for the Lazio game. How many? I, I remember I said 2-1. I said 2-0. Uh, but I think I said 2-0 for the Spal game. But I think we agreed on, like, we would get nine points out of, I think it was Spal, no, Roma, Spal, uh, Lazio, Juve, and Napoli. And as of now, I've gone ten, but uh, minus Napoli so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be on, yeah, three wins and a draw. So that's and like okay, obviously you look at the spell draw, right? Like okay, that's a bad draw. But like, like I said this too, like glass half full. We weren't really like we shouldn't have, we weren't expected to beat Lazio or Juve. So like, what if we would have drew Lazio and beat Spal, we'd be at the same point. You know what I mean? We'd be at the same point on the table. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, it's hard to, like, obviously look back on it, but to be positive, like, okay, we drew Spal, but we made up for it with a win at Lazio. And we even made up for even more with a win against Juve. And mm-hmm. now, it's like, because, like, okay, so if we would have beat Spal 2-1, then would have drew Lazio 1-1, we would still be happy, you know? We'd say, okay, it's a good result against Lazio 1-1, whatever, they're a good team. Yeah, but, it's just the the issue we have is it should have been three straight. You're right. Right. Because yeah. no matter what you turn, the points are the same. The fact of the matter is, well, okay, incredible that we beat Lazio and Juve, but you should have beat Spal. Against Spal, that was so weird. Like that was a, I hate those matches, man. When the small team gets like a FIFA. Because goal. they're not small teams in Serie. They always have something to fight for. That's why, like when no, you're talking no, about Serie, yeah, it's no, like no, yo, no, you can't no. underestimate those little teams. No, but Spal yeah. is like is almost surely to get relegated. You know what I mean? Like, but like they didn't do anything to win the the match. You know, like, like the first goal, I hit six guys. Bounced around six guys. It was like a FIFA goal. It was literally a FIFA. I think goal. also what gets me upset was that we were up a guy majority of the game. Yeah, I know. You know, and no, we just couldn't score. We literally couldn't, couldn't score. Not score. And that was the issue. Yeah, like Mike was saying, it's like a FIFA match. I mean, but, we did we did score in the first half, but it got taken away because Rebic was a bit off. That was actually a really nice goal too. Yeah, 
But I have a question for you guys. All right. We have many options as a tripartista. Who do you guys choose? Would you have Paquita, Chanologu, even Jack? I mean, I, I, you guys might disagree, but the game changed when Hakan came on yesterday. That's why I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Because Paquita, he has been improving. And yeah, even yeah. when he came against Lazio, he was good. But I think Chanologu is needed. Even though I'm not a, the biggest fan of the guy. But I think we needed him yesterday. He came in, made a big difference. Yeah, Makita with his passing, his judgment, he needs to work on that. But I think as a trequartista, Chanologu is great. Uh, yeah, I, I I like like you said. Like um, I'm not the biggest fan of him. Like I've grown to like him a bit more over time. Like especially after the restart, he's been better. I would definitely put him as a trequartista just because. I feel like it's too much pressure for Paqueta to start the game. So if Chalonolo is not playing yeah. well at the third yeah. it's a role and in the 60th minute it's not working, then you sub in Paqueta, give him that confidence boost. Like, okay, you know what? You come in, play Tricortita and change the game around. Yeah. And that's why I would put I would put I would even though even though also as well, depending on how the game goes, even though I know Bonaventura has been getting to his uh, you know, you know, between injuries, he's getting older, his contract's expiring. The thing is though, like, you know, I think it's eventually the time can be move on to move on, but the thing about him is he's been Milan's literally best player or midfielder, whatever you want to put it, arguably, in the last few years. And also at the same time, like, he's one of those guys where he's not trying to do too much. He knows exactly what he's good at and what he's not at. And as you, as you see him through the game, like, yeah, it pissed me off against the uh, – in the Spal game where he doesn't whip in the ball in the 96th minute whatever. Yeah. Like, that pissed me off. But, like, at the end of the day, like, you know, he still has that great assist of Rebic and he has a little control play here and there. So – you know, if there was some way we would keep um keep Bonaventura on a really low contract and he'd be like a role player off the bench, I would have no problem with that. But yeah, definitely. Nice. I, honestly, I do, I do, and I would like Bonaventura um as a role player, but it just depends. Like again, I said last podcast, I feel like he'd do great in like a Torino or a Lazio, or so I feel like he'd be a good player there. Like he. I mean, yeah, he's you know obviously not as good like you know his injuries stuff like that, but he has two assists in his last two games. Came off the bench, provided two assists, both to Rebic. Um, so I just think it's good to have options, especially yeah, if we're going to end up in a uh, in a Europa League spot right yeah, now, right, right? And and the thing is, you know, you, you, next year obviously it's going to go back to normal where you're not playing every three days, but at the same time you may play a Saturday, Sunday, and then you're going to play Thursday. Mm-hmm. So exactly. to have a guy like Bonaventura off the bench, you know, if Hakan's hurt or you know yeah. that has to start, it's good to have someone who's an older, experienced individual who could come in and exactly. you know, there's some security with him coming in. Not it's you know some young guy or someone you don't know. He's been around. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. So, yeah, like, and that's that's kind of the, the going to be a hard decision. I mean, he anything's possible. I mean, it also depends on like what, uh, like what he wants wages wise, right? When we're going to give yeah. up, thing. Um, but, but when I'm also thinking now, because even Zlatan said yesterday that he's not fit to play a full ninety minutes. No, uh, like yeah. last, against Lazio, I think he played about thirty-five minutes, and then yeah. yesterday he played about sixty. 60. Yeah. So he even said like he's trying to get back into it more and more because he he wants to play the rest of the season. He wants to make of course. Uh, he better play the rest of the, if he's leaving after he better play the rest of the match. Yeah. So I think what they might do is keep Zlatan starting, playing boy, whatever, like 45, 60, 70 minutes, and then take him off, but then put Rebic up top again. And well, I yeah, I'll, I'll play on the left. Depends yeah. on how the match is going too, like what like what the score of like, course, yeah. Like, like if, if we're down one nothing, like I wouldn't take Zlatan off. Like especially if we're like controlling the game, he's not running that much. You know what I mean? Like if he's just kind of target man in the middle. Because realistically, like, like I, I feel like, like he doesn't like run that much anymore. He's like kind of like a playmaker, right? Like he's pretty. He's kind of like a. He kind of reminds me of Totti at the end of his career. Yeah, like he would kind of yeah. play as a trequartista type of thing, where like I'm yeah. not gonna run as much, but I'll stand there and whip in balls and be creative for you guys. Yeah, exactly. And he's good. He is. He. he he touches like he's, his touch is good, right? Like he, he has like yeah. a one touch that can that could uh, split open the defense. Um, uh, after his interview yesterday, I'm not sure. Like I don't know, I'm not sure what's gonna happen with him and uh, if he's in his like I don't know. Like is he is he gonna retire? Like, saying that uh, he feels bad that if this is his last season, he wish the you know the fans can watch him. Yeah. But you know, after hearing that, I'm like, you know, I have a feeling he's gonna leave, which is kind of really sad because where's he gonna go though? Like, where's he gonna go? And like, I feel like he'll go play in Sweden. But for me, it's more like I don't know. I don't want to think about it because 
I don't think anyone has a concrete answer. I don't even think he knows yet. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, question marks like right now, especially with COVID still out there. So we don't know what's going to happen for next season. I think my dream was when he first came and I thought he was going to retire with us. I think Milan, like San Siro, was going to have a big ceremony for him. And he just retires like that, which would have been beautiful. But now with the circumstances how they are, I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, I think, listen, he should stay another year. Because I think with the new project, we already have uh, Ranyek who decided that he's. Uh, I don't know. I, you know what? Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that now. You know what? Let's get into that because, I, for those of you listening, uh, just if you put in the comments here in the live chat, like, what are you guys thinking about the whole Pioli situation and Ranyek and like Pioli is the is the ultimate professional. Like the fact that hundred percent man, he's had this friggin' in his ear since like January, and he still put his head down. He's he has Milan playing probably the best football, like to the eye, like to the eye that we've seen in a long time. We play good football. Like, it's sometimes like tiki taka, like some of our plays, like our triangles to it. It's beautiful. I'll say th- I'll say this about the situation, and for me, like maybe I'll repeat myself or like kind of sound like you know contradicting, but I feel like that's just the situation. Like, and like you, like you said, I'll keep it short as possible, but. Like you said, Pioli's like the ultimate professional. Came in, and I remember like a lot of a lot of Milan fans. You know, we weren't it, we weren't mad that it was Pioli. It was oh, we were more yeah. annoyed that like you know Giampaolo right away had to get fired. Like the season was like you know distraught already from the start, and you know Spalletti was up and you know Spalletti was a it was just Spalletti. Everybody wanted Spalletti. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I'll be honest. I wasn't that happy that Pioli got chosen. I'm like, okay, I literally said like I'm done. Like I'll watch, but like I have no expectations. Whatever. And the thing is, all credit due to him. He took his job super seriously, super professionally. It oh, was yeah. obviously swanky at the beginning, but the thing is, I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with you know, of course, Italian media drops the whole Ranić news literally just before the Juve game because yeah, of course on, they're man. gonna, of course they're gonna do that to try. Like, I feel and like that's it's a, a big cool. karma to them too because we ended up slapping you. So that was literally right, perfect. It's so intertwined. It's like Juve t- tell them to do it. Like it's just of course we know how the backstory works. It is no, it's just like, it's all like, mental edge. I feel like Di Marzio is is a puppet for Agnelli. Agnelli. Like I feel like it's just. I feel, or maybe I don't know. Well, he's probably got a four, a few four fifty eights in his driveway. But nonetheless, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, in a perfect world, honestly, I would say Pioli stays as coach, and then Rani comes in and he becomes technical director, sporting director, whatever the hell he's in. He's in control of who, who's to buy and whatnot. Yeah. And then let's say next year going forward with the, with, you know, with the budget and you know players bought and purely you know say this like say this like you know magic wears off and then Ryan you can come in and be like okay I'm already here I'm gonna become the coach type of thing like I don't like, know purely the next season like to start and then if it goes sour at the beginning then Ryan can be like okay I'm now I'm not only technical director and such but I'm also gonna become the coach and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah like I agree with that like it's just it's tough because um like if Pioli's he's got gotten good results so you look at the results and I think we've gotten more points in Inter since his approval, since his hiring, and we've gotten. I think we're like th- uh, maybe like fourth in points, maybe third or fourth in points since then. Because, like, realistically, look at the like the table, right? I think we're like thirteen points about the Atalanta or fourteen or something like that. You know, a lot of those points were dropped in the first seven games of the season, first seven eight games of the season. We lost. It was, it was terrible. We lost Torino. We lost to Fiorentina. We lost to uh, Udinese. That's nine points. Um, we, um, oh my God, let me look at, let me, let me think. It seems like a, it seems like years ago. You know what I mean? I see it honestly almost what, like the Udinese game we played in uh, August, last August, it almost was a year ago. No, uh, it feels so long ago. Uh, we dropped points to, let me, let me look. I'm looking right now. But like, I think I just want to answer one. Inter, Inter, the Derby, we lost Udinese. We drew Lecce when Pioli came in at home. That, that was when Lecce scored like a 95th winner, 95th minute uh, scorcher. Lost to Roma 2-1. Lost to, remember we lost to Lazio and Roma in the same fashion, 1-1. We scored a late goal. Yeah. It just kind of – and then at the Atalanta game was whatever. But like literally after that Atalanta game, draw, win, 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 draw. Lost to Inter, which was awful, but fuck, we could have won that. Win, draw. That loss to Genoa pisses me off when the, the no fans before the break. Yeah, that was stupid. Win, win, draw, win, win. So it's like 
man, those points dropped against like Udinese and Fiorentina, Torino's nine extra points. And if you have those points right now, we're right in the race for top four. Like, like it's like, oh, I mean, I have an awful season, but look where we are. We're ahead of Roma and Napoli. Like, we're, we've had the same season as them. And they've had a, and like, obviously, they have, they haven't had great seasons, but you look at Milan's season now, and Pioli has totally turned it around. It's true, and it has to be. But my thing is, is that, so he gets, say he gets good results, um, you know, the, the next uh, six, seven uh, matches gets pretty good results. Like, you know, we got, you know, Napoli, we have Parma, uh, we have Bologna, Sassuolo. Yeah, Sassuolo, Atalanta, Cagliari. Uh, those are our last games. So that's... Uh, 21 points available. Um, we end in fifth place. What do you yeah, say? Yeah, like see, we get fifth, fifth or sixth place. Okay, fifth or sixth. That like you look at that and say, okay, like that. Those are good results. Like he did a good job. Um, because there's no way. Like it's hard to catch at Atlanta now, even Inter. Yeah, yeah. the top four is already so it's locked. Up. Yeah, but uh, I think all right, Luca, finish your point, and I'm gonna just mention. Yeah, yeah. So you know, there's 21 points available. And, you know, like Bologna and Parma at home, like those games for me are like must wins. Like you have to win those games for me. And even against Sampdoria, like they're they're really bad this year. You have to beat those teams. Obviously the games against like Atlanta, Sassuolo, Cagliari, those would be more tricky. Those are like more tricky games in my eyes. But if you can get like, you know, 15 out of 21 points or 16 out of 21 points, that's a very big success. Um, And and I think that they shouldn't make any – decisions on coach like maybe yeah sure bring ryan ryan nick sorry and as a direct like as a director or whatever but can you really disrespect pioli like that i mean realistically pioli will get another job right away after this he 100 he gets he'll get the job anywhere um anywhere he wants like if you i mean Fiorentina, they said that they're all season manager but apparently the local community said not yet like I, I don't know i didn't see i'm not sure what's going on there but i feel like there's a lot of other teams that pioli could could go to easily um but i don't know oh here yeah, we go. marco what were you thinking well, i was gonna say like we've seen this many times guys where are right, we getting a new coach is a new revolution gonna happen and right now everything's going great and my worst fear is that we get rid of pioli rania uh, comes in and it doesn't work out but like we lost something good that was like you know the potential was there and that's my worst fear. Even though I'm still hopeful with Ranić, and I feel like he can do a great job, but I'm like a part of me is like, why get rid of something that's going great and uh, just you know go on with a new revolution? And I'm also thinking that you guys probably agree too. Maldini has been doing a great job. You see the players that he has brought in: Liao, yeah. Rebic, uh, Kier, uh, Theo. You know all these guys. They made a whole big you know change to Milan and we see that and to get rid of Maldini which I think he has done a great job I think that's I, I don't know I, th- I think he might he might he, there's a chance he accepts this like if he apparently because he just wants him to be in the technical part still so you know, before, I read that Maldini uh I think he's gonna wait till the end of the season but yeah. he decided no no nah, I don't know I, I don't believe anything I don't think I don't think anyone knows because realistically yeah. tell me that rumors there's does the Gazetta know what Maldini's thinking in his head? Who does he know? I want to know. Tuto Sport, Gazetta. How does Tuto, how does Tuto Sport know what Maldini's thinking? Like, what do they say? Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they went inside his house and they, like, they yeah. spoke to him. What, yeah. do they do? what do they do? What do they, do? they put a chip in his house and... Um, yeah, they plugged his car. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mogi. Mogi hits out the critics after Juventus 4 to defeat. Show me the table. You're a cheater. Uh-huh. Hey Luca, just pull up Shuffley's point. Um, yeah, this is what I, I was. I wanted to. Right I, I, it's funny because oh, I had I had the um, I had a similar opinion to him. That's what okay, I was yeah. so about the topic. We'll go through the comments here. So Farid first said like he recommends uh, Pioli and he wants like the the German Ragnik as a director. And if Pioli will accept him, that's a good. I mean, I th- I feel like Pioli. He said he loved the squad. I feel like he would accept that. Farid. So that's a good comment. Um, now we'll go into Shuffley. Pioli was good at Lazio, absolutely, very good at Lazio. They got, they got, they were in the Champions League, no? And they get top three. Um, I think so. And then he was decent. Yeah, like he was decent. They had a shit team too. Has done really well to clear up the mess, John Paul. I love that guy, but also Radnik is too good to pass. Okay, so 
Mike, this is this is what I wanted to say, and and here's the thing: I think it's a double-edged sword, and that and that's what the issue is right now because we're so scared of messing up, right? Because you know we have momentum now; like it's been way better than it has been the last few years, and we don't want to mess it up. The thing where I agree with uh, Shuffley here is the issue at hand is okay. Let's say you know what, Pauly, you deserve, uh, Pauly, you deserve it. You're gonna stay, right? Pauly stays. Whatever, Vanek doesn't come; he goes somewhere else. Yeah, Pioli starts the season and it goes the same way as Giampaolo's did last year. Like the first seven, eight games go horrible. We're in the same spot as we were last year. Now, yeah. you know, and at the same time, like I, that's why I also want to get Radnik because, you know, what if he comes in, and you know, you know, as a team, it would suck because like they all the guys seem to love Pioli right now. So if they were probably like, yeah. why the hell are you firing him for? Like, exactly. Like exactly. him and to build trust with the new coach and like you know, let's say they don't like his ideas, it could go really bad. Really yeah, quick. Yeah, but it sounds familiar. No, what about last season? That sounds exactly what happened last season. Yeah, and the thing is, like I get it. Ronnie has a great resume, and that's why I was saying I think the happy medium here is to bring him in as a technical director, let Pioli coach, and the next year, if the season starts and Pioli doesn't do a good result, then Ronnie's already over the team. He's already in charge of the purchases. He already knows the team, and he can just jump right in. Well, what so, I was thinking, Mike, I, I like your point, and I, I can see that. Like I would love to see that, but also I was thinking if Pioli. I don't think he will, but if he becomes assistant coach and then Ranić is the coach and director, what do you guys think? I mean, I would love it. I don't know if Pioli's going to accept it. I would love for him to. I feel like if he was more like a Milan player legend type, he would accept that role. Yeah. You know, I don't blame him for not because he's he done one hell of a job this season. Like, you know, if he can get a head coaching job somewhere else, why would he not, right? True. Yeah. But I think, you know, because like you said, he already has a good report with all the players. Like, I see the players, how they are, the, the videos, the photos. They like him. They really like him. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do like him. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a hard situation. It's it's a, it's a the definition of a double-edged sword. We're, yeah. we're really scared to make a mistake, and I don't blame upper management for being confused and not sure. Like, I get it. Like, Ranik is too good to pass, and it is true. But at the same time, it's like you don't want to break something up that's working really well. Now, is it just the mystique right now, you know, with Ibra? And let's say Ibra leaves, you know, and then, like, we go back to square one next year, and, like, you know, and then it all of a sudden, purely just starts doing bad. That's another thing, too, right? Like, you know, are we just in a really good run of form? But in reality, we really need a change like Ranik. We don't know. Unfortunately, these are the answers we just don't have. So do you think losing Maldini will be worse or losing Pioli? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I got, That's I, a good question. That's a very good question. So guys who are listening, what if you guys to choose one to stay, is it Pioli as a coach or Maldini as a, a technical director with Ragnik? Put in the comments here. <laughs> That's a really good question. That's yeah, a, I, like I said, because Maldini did such a great job bringing in the guys that we have. They made a, a big impact so far. And to get rid of him, like it just—it's gonna hurt me because I think Maldini knows what he's doing. It's just I think yeah. the big problem is Gazidis. I'm not a big fan of the guy, and uh, I think you know to let go of a basically the face of Milan, Maldini is gonna be a big, you know. Side I just feel there. I feel more comfortable with Maldini here. Like if it gives me more hope and like pleasure knowing that, like you know, like you said, the face yeah. of Milan is here. Like it, it makes me feel better yeah. on the head. You know what? Our best legend essentially is, you know, believes in the project that we're doing. It makes me feel good, right? To yeah. see him leave, you know, whether whether we even do even better after he leaves, it's just it's like that comfort level knowing that hey, you know, what? he's here right. and he's working, and it feels good. And you know, it's also good for our publicity as well around the world. You know, you know, obviously, you know, to these modern day kids, Milan is literally a foreign to them, unfortunately. But like you know. The people who do understand, you know, seeing Maldini there in the crowd, in the stands, you know, being talking around, like it's just good for the Milan brand. You're you don't right. want like a bunch of like nobodies or like you know businessmen coming in. Like, sure, if they do the job, cool. But it's always good to have someone that represents you. That you know, uh, they won't have to get into you know Mal the Maldini family being related to Milan all three gen, three or four generations type, right? It, it, I don't know. I just feel more comfort him being there. You're right, because when I like look in the stands and I see him, I just smile because it's Maldini, you know? Yeah, it feels good. Ibra, I see Ibra, I'm like, I'm, I'm smiling because it's we grew up with those guys. And we have, we feel like you have a chance, you know what I mean? Like, when I see Ibra on the pitch and I see Maldini, they're like, I feel like, okay, like, that's why I felt yesterday. You know, we could be Juve today. You see Maldini up there, you see Zlatan on the field. And, you know, it's, 
It's because of the old mystique of the team we, you know, teams we used to have. Those guys were winners. Unfortunately, you know, knocking, not knocking the guys we have now, but you know, they're not proven winners yet. Hopefully, one day they will be in a Milan kit. But you know, the, the two guys in our entire club who were like proven winners who have actually done something is yeah. Maldini and Zlatan, and they're both in the club. Yeah, and you know, one plays and one's a manager. Uh, you know, technical director. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, you know, you need those kind of guys. You do. Especially on a growing team like Milan, where you know they clearly need a leader in a sense of direction. You know, you pull up to training every time you see the aura of Maldini there. You know, he's kind yeah. of your boss, right? And you see Zlatan, you know, proven guy who is, has insane mentality. You're like, okay, you know, I'm going to come to work that I really want to get good. But when you don't have those guys around, guys slack off. And this is what we've seen over these years. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, let's look at what Farid, Farid said Maldini should stay. I need to see what position you'll be offered. Yeah, that, that's true. Tough choice. I would say Maldini to stay in the management plus Jerome would want him to stay. I mean, Ragnik probably doesn't want him. Like, I, I say Ragnik might want Maldini to stay. Like, I think Ragnik, he sees what's going on. I think he's impressed with Maldini and Pioli. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Ragnik, honestly. I don't either. I'll be honest. I, I don't. don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel I, like a lot of people on Twitter are fronting that they know yeah. a lot about him and, like, they'll post some clips of, like, I'll be honest. Like I, I, I clearly he's a well-known name. I've uh, I've seen bits and stuff pieces here, but I, I can't tell you I'm an, I'm an expert on the guy. I've seen him. Um, like I've watched like some YouTube videos, like his tactics and how he's break down, like how what he's done in his career and stuff like that. Like I just recently, the last couple of weeks. But aside from that, like I don't know. Like I know he likes to deploy a four-four-two, and uh, and he can deploy a three-five-two, and. Four two two two. Like that, I know that's what he likes. That's all I basically know. But it's just tough because the mercato. Do you focus on getting players for Ragnik or Pioli? Like what? Like what's going on here? Like like we've had a history of our coaches not getting the players they want. So, Luca, I'm not sure if you've seen yesterday. Right after the game, Di Marizio came out saying that Tonali. Is he's like close to Milan now? Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that. So Milan is trying to hide. Shockley just commented about that too. Ironically, oh, there we go. Shockley, there we go. There we go. Look at that. Look at that. Did you see that? <laughs> Synchronization. That was good. Say something about the honestly, man. Dimarzio said that. Isn't it hilarious that it's so funny, man? I was just gonna say that too. It's hilarious. If you to Juve, that wouldn't have been tweeted. No, yeah. hell no. That would have been kept in the archives until oh, like, yeah. we, we beat Napoli. Like, oh, by the way, like, it's so annoying because that's that's the thing about it. You can follow all these reports and everything. And, like, you know, we always take it with the grain and salt. Like, when we tweet something out about, like, thing, it's because we know it's, like, confirmed or from reliable people. Yeah. Well, I, I would rather not tweet constantly nonsense. I'd rather just give, like, people who follow us, like, you know, something that's factual. But mm-hmm. the thing is, like, it's so it's so funny that, like, Tonali's going to Inter. He was a Milan fan, and now like he's completely going to Inter. And then all of a sudden, we just beat Juve. Yeah, yeah. Milan in the race for Tonali. Like it's actually really concrete. I'm like, it, it's so funny. Like, and that's the funny thing is that could not even be true too. That could just have been gas Milan fans up yesterday. Oh, put them on boy, real high. It's like he knows that all the Milan fans were online going crazy. Well, yeah, of course they're not dumb. They know what they're doing. What gets me upset was that before the Juve game, the day before, that all this news about Oganyek was happening. Like they do it purposely. To like just stir up things at Milan, like to maybe affect the player. Yeah, of course, of and course. And which gets me upset because I feel like the media, I think you guys can agree that there's just they're out there to get Milan. Yeah. And then right after, you know, we beat Juve, and then he comes out with this saying Tonali is going to be coming to Milan, maybe you know more, yes. more likely than Inter, which is great. I, I've always said this, man. And the thing I think you guys can agree is this. You know, I don't want to sound like a fairy tale story or like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just want to. I just want, I feel like you guys can agree. The thing is, you like especially when I talk to you, Matina, because you know it's literally impossible. To it's talk delusional. To <laughs> the thing is, you tell them that like, oh, like honestly, I don't even think the UAT is that good. And right away they throw you like, oh, your team better. Our team is not good. I have no, no problem I admitting that. I have no problem admitting Milan is not a good team. It is a mid-table team. The players have. I have no problem admitting that. The fact of the matter is this. I personally feel in my bones that, you know, we haven't been impressive. We haven't been impressive on the pitch, off the pitch, managerial-wise, upper management, all that. No. But I feel like Juve's window has passed. To it win has. In the Champions League, it and they're getting scared that whether an Inter or a Milan come back and overtake the league again. 
And that is why they will constantly shit on us and they will constantly make things worse because they say, if Milan comes back, it's over. As it is, truly. It is. Mike, I have to say he made the best point and I agree with him. With everything that you said, Mike, because honestly, that will happen because either Inter or Milan will win the Champions League before Juve because as you can see, Juve is just going downhill. All right. We saw I mean, that 2015 uh, Juve team was the best. Best. There's a best chance. That was their best chance. That was their best chance. That team was legendary. I do have to admit it. But like you said, like I'm not afraid to admit, like we're an average team. We're nothing special. It's been miserable being a Milan fan the past like what eight nine years, and uh, it's just we have to admit it. And we come, you know, we we'll have discussions with Juve fans, and they make it seem like you know we're not like Milan. I'm like we're still Milan. We're just in the process of building. You know, well, I mean, we have way too many, uh, way too many pro- projects. That's kind of been pissing yeah, me. Our our club as a whole is legendary and is yeah, one of the best right. ever. Our current team is not good. So, and that's what they get confused with. Oh, you guys always go in the past. And that's the funny yeah. thing about it is if I have to go in the past, no problem. The funny thing is they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Champions League, whatever. You guys have more than us. When's the last time you won? I won one, we won one in 2007. Last time you even won was 1996. We weren't even born. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I can't stand having to argue with them. It's like, oh, you guys live in the past. We live in the future. Like, they're paying $300 million for Ronaldo to not to not even win the Coppa Italia and the league, you know, they'll probably end up winning it. But no Champions League, no Coppa Italia. When if anything, you were winning more without Ronaldo. But like you said, Mike, I feel like once Ronaldo back up to Champions League level, we're gonna show the world that we're the best Italian team. Like the world's been waiting for us to come back, and Juve is gonna be afraid that like Milan's gonna actually potentially maybe win a Champions League in the next 10 years if it, this project from Magnik actually becomes something great. No, the, no, we won't be able to compete with them for a bit because of, like, it's a lot of money, like, money long. And, like, think about all the young atta- like young prospects in Serie A. You've already signed them. They're on loan to other clubs. Like, it's kind of like but the a- thing. But the thing is, though, at the same time, it's – here's the thing. I hate Juve with my, my life. Yeah. But one thing I'll always give them credit for – and you know, there's probably complications of all that too. But I'll give I'll give them credit. I won't be salty about it. The one thing why they always do well in the league is because they basically have two teams. They have an A team and a B team. That right. is all part of their 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 you know their their um their team. Like you know, not their primavera team. They literally have a deep bench that if you literally took their bench and their reserves and put it into a team, it would probably finish top twelve in Serie A on its own. Probably. I'm talking like you yeah. know Higuain guys, you know all their bench guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even like like Higuain, Bradeschi. Yeah, like, and that's the credit I will always give to you. Then. This is why you sing like a Lazio choke. The Spali yesterday is uh, uh, sorry Lecce is because they don't have a deep team against us. They start throwing out random subs and like it doesn't work. That's that's also Milan's problem. After two or three subs, we literally have no one. We have a bunch of Primavera guys. Yeah, and that's give- the, the five subs actually scares me because we don't have five good we, subs. We don't have five subs that, that are good enough quality to come in. Yeah, we the have problem- a, I'd say three subs okay for us, but five. Yeah. And again, just to wrap up my point, Milan is no better. Milan has not – the money they spent with Milan made up belly and Fasone was not spent properly. Here no. and there, like some guys were good. The fact of the matter is this. When Juve were in 2015 – in that Champions League run, you had the guys like Vidal, you know, Pirlo was still playing. Yeah, yeah. As Pogba was doing really well. They had a really c- concrete team. I think Dani Alves was there as well at that yeah. time. Really concrete team. Honestly, that team was fearful. Where the beef with Juve fans after, and like the comparison to us is, your team, especially their midfield, has gone progressively worse. And that's the thing they don't want to understand. I get it's better than ours. I have no problem admitting that. But like, as you see yesterday, just because names like you got Aaron Ramsey, like Kadir, like uh, you know Rabio, whatever he scored a goal, like yeah, I'm good. your team good. isn't as impressive. It's good enough for the league because the Serie A isn't as good as it used to be. Sure, Atalanta no, doing well, Lazio contenders. Yeah, I think Lazio and Inter actually choked him more than Juve wanted this year. Oh, 100%. But that's the I issue when Juve go to the Champions League. After is they can have a deep team, but the problem is. The te- they didn't get better from 2015. They they, oh, they, yeah. they didn't were able they weren't able to replace Vidal. They weren't really able. Okay, they got Ronaldo fine, and Dybala has been more of a thing. But other than that, like, well, well Mike, what can you tell me? Have they improved on? No, they haven't. Well, they they've gone downhill since. 
But I think what Juve is doing now is becoming more like a franchise than a, an actual team. That's a very good point. They're, they're more focused on the brand. Yes, they're all for branding, franchising, making that money, bringing the money in. I think they'd rather make money than actually win trophies at this point. Because they know they got the Serie A locked up and they'll win the Coppa Italia, maybe the Supercoppa. Yeah. But I feel like it kills them inside, and that's what makes me happy. It kills them inside knowing that they haven't won the Champions League these last few years. Yo, look, this is look at Chef Lita said from Marquisio Vidal Pogba the Matuidi Pianist Rabio. Thank you. That's exactly my point. Yeah. That's exactly like, my point. Like Milan, look at me. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, now we're no better, eh? We're no better. Obviously, obviously I meet a badly and the money wasn't spent properly. Obviously, a couple players were good purchases. Like, I, I still think the Cassie purchase was a good purchase at the time. I feel like it wasn't a bad purchase. I think Hakan wasn't a bad purchase. Um, I honestly think Andre Silva wasn't a bad. It didn't work out as well, but wasn't. I don't think it was a bad. Well, if, it's, if it's getting us ravaged, then I'm fine with it. After all, well, they said that the Milan News said that the, they have an exclusive that uh, that both teams are in a, kind of a agreement that the, they're both worth they're both worth the, worth the same, and they're just going to do a straight swap, which would work for both parties. Andre Silva is doing well there. Rebic is great here. And uh, what? How old is Rebic? He's not old, right? How old is he? He's probably in his prime. He is 24. What's Andre Silva? He's younger. He's younger. 23? 24? He's 24. 24. All right. Two, two years younger. Um, Yeah, but Rebic is like just – Rebic still has like, you know, five, four or five good years left still at least. Um, Actually, to be fair, you know, I don't, I don't put an age number. I feel like a player that can do well after 30. You see players get actually better after they're 30, 30 years old. So, you know, I'm not even going to say that. Um, but yeah, like, so Farid said that the journey want to stay in control, want to manage all, but maybe keep Pioli to coach, but rest behind. Yeah. Like if Pioli were to stay, Farid, like it would be Pioli coaching and, you know, Ragnik would take care of anything. Like, he'd even take care of who cuts the grass, I think. I think he got, he yeah, got, he's got ultimate control. He's got the keys to Milanello too. Literally, he has the key to Milano in general. In general. The only thing is though, like, I don't know. I, this guy doesn't speak Italian. Like, how the hell is this going to work? I don't know, man. I think our fears, you know, fans, is just constantly starting over every two years. Like, new project, new project, new project, new project. And and, and that's what's annoying is, like, you always want, you always got to give fair chance of the new guys coming in because they haven't done anything wrong. Like, you can't shit on Ragnar already because he hasn't done anything yet. You have to give him the fair chance. The problem is we're so tired of trusting people and they haven't done anything so that's kind of why you know the fear of like you know starting over again is in place because we've seen it so many times and it's failed and you know that's not fair to him but you know as Milan fans you're getting used to this over like six years like you know enough's enough eventually you just want to see it finally work so I hope he's able to do it but at the end of the day you know it wasn't officially confirmed yesterday by Dimanjo, but you know, it obviously looks like it's heading in that direction. They're definitely being respectful to Pioli to you know wait till the end of the season to make anything official, which I I'm happy that they're doing. But um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. We're we're gonna find out at the end of the season what goes on here. At the end of the day, I don't think anyone really knows right now. Apart from no, the I, I mean either. I don't think so. I think it's all kind of up in the air, and it's tough because. You just uh, Pioli, again, Pioli's an amazing job of keeping it. Again, the players love Pioli, and obviously the squad is very united. Like the way they play football is, they're playing beautifully, and I'm happy. Like it's nice to see. Like I'm, you know, I'm starting to get excited for the. I mean, I don't want to get too excited, but I don't want to get let down. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so this Shuffle said could be the reason he insists on Hakan staying. The guy is literally going to be a translator. It's it's actually true because we have any. Actually, no, I think Rebic might speak a bit German too. That's about it. Literally, yeah. like, and I, I, I think Rebic speaks Italian as well because he played. For I'll him. be, I'll be honest, man. Just, just to transition out of it, I think, you know, you know, like when after like the the spa game, we're like, okay, you know, we have uh, Lazio, Juve, Napoli, and the thing is, I kind of had the Juve game written off, so I was like, okay, whatever. But like, you know, obviously now we won. Still, from like a week ago, I still feel like Napoli's our hardest task. Yeah. yeah. It is. I don't know. I think it's because Gattuso and the form they've been on, you know, yeah. like, you know, playing, playing um, there. I know obviously there's no fans, but like, regardless, like, I don't know why I feel like that's going to be like that game could end up with a tie or, you know, obviously I want us to win, but you know, it's also because I feel like we're not used to us being in a big run of form. So we're kind of like, okay, well, this is eventually going to have to run out at some point. Right? I mean, like, honestly, I mean, I, I would take a draw at the San Paulo any day of the week. 
I'll take it. Like, I don't care. Yeah, uh, Napoli's been in great form. So, trying to fight for fifth, I think Napoli is the biggest opponent. Like, we need. I mean, it'd be nice if Roma can drop the points today. That'd be nice. If they yeah, they're, on, they're on a downfall. If they pot everybody. And Napoli played Genoa away. Like, it's not, it could be tricky for them. Like, Genoa's tricky because. Well, like Mike said, like, those teams are, are going to fight. They're fighting for something. Yeah, they, well, I mean, well, general general wins today. They're out of relegation. Well, because even because with Leches, when yesterday Leches, uh, yeah. they're 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 uh, above the relegation zone right now. Yeah. Like, look at general; they literally have to secure the points to to get uh, big big games today. Big games today. Well, against Napoli, guys, Gattuso knows us so well, and that yeah. scares me the most. And I don't know. I like. I feel like Napoli is going to be the toughest opponent that we're going to have, and that's why, honestly, I think if we do win, it's going to be a one nothing win. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I agree. It won't be anything like you know four two comeback or whatever. I completely agree. It'll definitely be a very like tactical defensive style match that's going to go back and forth, and then uh, you know whoever can be fortunate enough to pull it out. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that game ends in a tie. Honestly. We have a couple of big matches. Like we have two in a row at home. Parma and Bologna it has to be six points. It really does. It has to be. It literally has to be. It has to be six points. And man, honestly, we come fifth or sixth this season. I'm happy. Uh, hilariously enough, we come seventh, and Napoli's in the top six. We still get Europa League, but you know, yeah, it's just to avoid the qualifiers. The goal is yeah, avoid the qualifiers. The goal is the qualifiers would be different. They only be one game this time around. Just still, you know, give the guys a break, whatever. You know, you're just automatic qualification. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We have to do predictions for Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We'll do predictions. We we've been doing predictions, and that's kind of fun. Um, for the guys listening, still, uh, put in the put in the chat your prediction as well. We'll show it on the screen. Um, so I'll go one one at Napoli. I'll say that one one uh, goal from. Uh, I'll say I'll say Rebic scores again because uh, that guy just scores every game. Even if he's not playing that well, he just scores. True. I I say one one Zlatan scores first, and then uh, Merton scores later on in the game. Merton always scores against us. <laughs> I know that's what that's why. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna go with uh, one nothing. Uh, I'll have you know what? I'll have Zlatan score one nothing. Nice. Okay. So guys, you know we have a couple listeners right now. Put in the put in the chat your prediction. I'll put it on the screen. Um, you say in the score and the goal score, the score and the goal score on either side doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And then after the Napoli game, we got uh, we got um, Parma. And then we have Bologna for that. So like these are, these are these are tough matches. So Farid says Milan two one Napoli, Rebic and Hakan. All right, nice. Yeah, so we must have a newer, a newer listener here. EP, any thoughts on Pioli? So uh, EP, we, we we already chatted about this uh, like 10, 15 minutes ago. We were chatting about the whole Pioli and. We said that he definitely, like, you know, he deserves it with the run of form and the results he's gone since he's gotten here. Um, it's kind of a tough situation, but I, you can rewatch this podcast. Uh, it's on YouTube, it's on Apple Apple Podcasts, on Google Play. So after we're done, around the 35 minute mark, we talk about Pioli. It's fair. So that's the answer to your question. Um, Chef Lee says 2 2, Zlatan Rebic and Sine Fabian. And Farid said that the second half is going to have all the goals. Um, I can see that happening. Yeah. I still think it's going to be like a tactical game. It's going to be tight. We'll be lucky to score a goal, but it's going to be a really good game, I have to say. Sunday's going to be good, guys. Every yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I, I know. I, it'd be nice. If we can get a result then, this team's really going to make a stream again. <laughs> Literally. The teams that have been, I think, coming from the, this break is Milan, Atalanta, and Napoli have been the teams on fire. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta. Honestly, Atlanta for me has been the best team in City this season. I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh, like yeah. because it's actually kind of sad. They would they dropped some points, some silly points to I think Spal and a couple other teams, Fiorentina. I think they dropped some points earlier in the season. If they didn't drop those points, they'd literally be fighting for the Scudetto right now. Um, 
But yeah, I got we'll be aware that Milan are, will be on fire. Plus, now we'll be even no crowd. So it's our advantage. On to be honest, anytime you're playing away, the away team has the advantage with no fans. Uh, there's no home like the fans usually are a big, big to push issue. you on. Yeah, no. exactly. So there's no fans. So it's kind of like a fair game. Like it's literally team versus team, and who can play better and who can score the goals. Um, but it's nice. I think the team is basically fit. Like Hakan is, Hakan could probably start. I mean. And we don't play till Sunday, so they've gotten a few days of rest, which yeah, is exactly. beneficial for us. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday to rest up, and then we play Sunday, and then we play Wednesday. Yeah, Sunday, Wednesday after that. Um, so it, that's it's tight, right? Like the schedule's tight, but you know what? We can't complain. Every every team schedule's tight, you know. Of course, yeah. Well, but you know what? It's fun. I, I'm gonna be honest, with you, I actually love these games. Every three I love it. I love it. I think it's also because, you know, we're in good form, right? So, you know, if we were losing, it'd kind of be yeah. annoying. But. No, but it's nice to see. It's nice to get, it's like, you know, like, you know, during the regular season, the regular time frame, we have to wait every week to see us play, right? Like, every time, a week, a week. But now it's like, you know what? No problem. Let's get it back in two or three days, um, which is nice. Um, yeah, we can probably wrap this up. Any other comments or thoughts? You, got, you know what? We can talk about. Some quick, if you guys want, up to you guys. I usually trigger the question, so you if guys. Any hear. questions from uh, the listeners? Feel yeah. free to like say anything. Yeah, That's, yeah, guys. Do you guys want a question or something? You guys have a question? Put it in the chat now. We'll answer it quick in the next five six minutes and wrap it up. So just put it in the chat now. Um, Farid says that uh, if Kessie and and Benasser Benasser need a break the next few days, and they need a break before Napoli. Yeah, like obviously, I, I don't trust anybody else. Uh, in that, yeah, they've been they've been going strong. After like, I even think about it. Like when I was watching, I was just like, these two don't come off. They don't. And yeah. I have to say though, Kessie's stamina and Benasser's phenomenal. Like those guys, they can pull a full ninety minutes and play games every three four days. Yeah, they're more than capable of doing it. And uh, I think the only re- replacement would be Kroonich and Bilia. But like, uh, yeah, we don't want to see uh, Bilia play. So I think. Kess, I think Piola is going to stick with those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, I think Krunic is a decent sub. Uh, Krunic, is, Krunic is actually a good sign. He's a cheap sign. He's, he's a good guy to come on from the bench, come off from the bench. Or you can, or if you'd have to, you stick Bonaventura in the midfield. Then. Yeah, yeah, or Hakan maybe. I don't know. Um, so Farid has one question for us. How do you see? How, how do you, I guess he's asking like how do you what do you think of Salamaka's performance? Like what do you think? So far, honestly, when I, we signed him, I'm like, I don't know who the hell Salad Maker is, but I'm like, okay, I'll trust our Mokada in the scouting area. And you know, he's he's been pretty good, like, you know, he's he, uh, fair play to him, he's integrated to the squad pretty well. You know, it's giving Castillo a break. You know, I picked up that knock, Great little player, injury, yeah. but you know, he hasn't been bad at all. Has, I, I really like him, definitely someone to redeem. I think. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure when Castillo. They say it might be a week or two away. Castillo. Still, I'm not sure. It depends. He was a. He's been great for us too. Ever since Suzo left, he's really filled the void. Um, I just wanted to mention too, guys. Since Suzo left, you notice the team just plays a lot better. And I said, I wonder for, why, because Suzo shit. Yes, Mike, 100. I I agree because it's so overrated. So one way going forward. And like, he was so predictable. Yeah, he's, he's the biggest B-Tech Robin. He'll run down the wing, cut in, and, like, yeah, don't get me wrong. When, when it works, it's cool. Like, obviously, he'll score. But, like, the thing is, in the city, I had such a defensive league, and they understand it, that they had him figured out right away. And every oh, team would yeah. just, like, put a guy on him, and he's because he doesn't track back. At least Castillejo tracks back. And yeah. he has really good work ethic. The second Suso goes to the final third and he loses the ball, that's it. He's not coming back. He doesn't come back. And that's the problem. Like, I always said his defending is awful. It doesn't work hard enough. All right? He's predictable. His crossing, some, ga- some games are great. Some games are just awful. And yeah. he has no pace at all. I'm like, we need a new change. Like, we need yeah. so, so, Sevilla is six points up in the Champions League race in the Liga. So, it looks like we're going to get 25 million Oh, uh, yeah. Rocco's always tweeting about that. It's keeping us updated. I think getting 25 million, like, that's great. Honestly, like, that's literally plus Valencia to the mask. To the yeah. mask. We signed him for 500K. Galliani. Galliani. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, Sevilla has six points on Villarreal with four games left. So, it's literally their spot to lose, essentially. Yeah, um, no, that's very true. And Suzo hasn't really played. Like, they're probably regretting it because Suzo hasn't really uh, – 
hasn't played that much. Like he's not like you know actually he's a star there. Lucas Ocampos. He was oh, the new keeper. He was one for us. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he made a nice save to, to I think win it for them. He has Lucas Ocampos has 13 goals this year. Like he he was so bad for us. Why is he so good now? 13 goals in one save. Oh yeah, did you see the penalty? Uh he was uh no he had or did, he, or did he go in net and make a save? No, he was in net and then he made a save. Yeah. I don't remember that. Uh, what was it? Was that recently? Uh, that's a really good point by Fadi talking about how Suso is kind of like El Shadawi, very yeah. predictable. It's a really good point. Yeah, like Suso, obviously, you know, when he was here, he made a stream again because he scored some beautiful goals and whatever, and he was Mr. Assist. But obviously, you have to move on at some points. And, and yeah. Okay, so. I think it's going to wrap up our show for episode 24. Honestly, like, again, thanks to the listeners for putting in the chat. We love the chat's great to talk and stuff like that. And, and yeah, like honestly, subscribe to us on YouTube, drop us a like, subscribe to us on Apple podcasts and stuff. If I hear that ring one more time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, guys, it's fun. It's fun. It's especially fun. When we're winning games, but uh, I mean, if we start losing these, these podcasts might get heated. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to us. Like our things. Follow us on Twitter. Thank you, guys. Forza Mila. We're going weekly. Oh, my God. If I hear this beat one more time, what's going on over here? What's <laughs> going on, guys? I'm going to fix it. Don't worry. This guy has his agent. It is his agent talking to him. It must be his agent. <laughs> the Di Marizio right now. We're talking yeah, about it. Um, okay. So, guys, uh, we're trying to every week, every week podcast. So, midweek. So we'll see you next week in Forza Milan. Ciao, guys. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ciao.